Welcome to the first episode of Season 4 of Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. This podcast is part of Grow Me a Story, our website dedicated to the idea that everyone is creative, and inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. My name is Carol Woolham Roberts. And I'm her husband, Paul. As your creativity cultivators, Carol and I have been bringing special guests to you since the beginning of 2022 to talk with us about the deep joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. Throughout the month of September, we will be sharing parts of our interview with our good friend, Jesse Carraway, a young mother to two of our creative summer campers. Jesse uses her own creativity with social media to share stories about her family, especially her eight-year-old autistic daughter, Eliza. So today, we're excited to bring you episode one of the Dreams and Bones interview with Jessie Carraway. Well, today we have our friend Jessie Carraway with us to talk about a very special kind of creativity. We met Jessie in the fall of 2020 when we were volunteers with her and her son Thayer at the local Jackass Half Marathon. And we had met Thayer the summer before at a Dare to Imagine camp when he participated in our drama activities. Well, in the spring of 2022, knowing Thayer was a very creative kid, I met with Jessie and talked about the possibility of Paul and I doing a creative camp for kids that summer, and Jesse encouraged us to do that. And Thayer was one of our first campers that summer in our Grow Your Creativity camp. Then he attended our um, after-school program, our Explore Your Creativity classes. And this year, Thayer returned to camp in the 10 to 13-year-old session. And we also had his sister, Eliza, join us in the 6 to 9 age group. It has been such a pleasure getting to know Jesse and her family. We have known for years what a special and creative person Thayer is, but this year we got to experience firsthand what a special and creative person Eliza is as well. Eliza is eight years old and is autistic. We found out how much Eliza can thrive creatively firsthand, and we're going to talk to Jesse about this and other things today. So welcome, Jesse. Thanks. Yeah, we're going to find out all kinds of things. I'm going to find out a lot more. <laughs> Carol knows you better than uh, than I do, but... And I know that this is going to be telling us some about your story, but tell us a little bit about Eliza's story, whatever that means. Okay, so um, Eliza and Thayer are about two and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. And so um, when Eliza came into the world, Thayer was very excited to be an older brother. <laughs> um, and yeah, her development and milestones kind of just went how we assumed that it would. Mm -hmm. And then as we started to see a few um, just kind of signs of maybe um, language development wasn't there or speech wasn't coming, we sort of started to think about, you know, is this autism? But we weren't really super familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of the parents that were just like, we want to give lots of room for her to grow and develop as she needs to. We've always just been kind of that, let them reach their, you know, development whenever they are going to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of just was a little bit of a roller coaster for 
Um, we moved about the time when she was two. And then that following year when she was three is when the pediatrician was really trying to kind of question us about some of that development. Hmm. Unfortunately, we had a really bad pediatrician experience. Hmm. And so that really kind of put a roadblock for me because I thought if this is what it is to find answers, I don't I don't know mm. if I want that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and then COVID hit and that hit a lot of um, roadblocks yeah. for some therapies that were mentioned for her and things. So it took mm. us um, a little while. It wasn't probably, let's see now we're in 2023. So 2020, she started some occupational therapy, speech therapy, and we kind of were able to come out of a fog in a mm-hmm. sense and mm-hmm. see like, okay, this isn't um, understanding autism and understanding who Eliza is through these therapies and services is going to not only help us be better parents, but help Eliza thrive. And so from there, kind of getting our footing and sort of feeling like we were playing catch up, we have just seen a lot of growth. And and with that, a lot of, um, it was definitely a struggle. I always tell people with Eliza that it takes a while to get to know her. It takes a while for her to get comfortable and and Mm. that's okay. We live in a Mm. really fast pace. We want results and reactions all the time. And so even something as simple as like you go to the grocery store and you say hi to someone and you just expect that their response is going to be this rope high back. Mm -hmm. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it isn't. And so um, I always say that with people when they're meeting Eliza, just give her, you know, just give her an extra Mm -hmm. 30 seconds, an extra minute, you know, she (laughs) just needs some time to, to process her surroundings. And so yeah, the therapies that we got her into sort of helped us really see not only her, but her potential to exist in the world amongst everyone else, when it felt like it was kind of like this big daunting you know, umbrella of autism spectrum mm-hmm. disorder, what did that mean? Right. And yeah, it was right. like, now we're sort of, like I said, coming out of the fog and it's like, it's this whole magical world that we get to be a part of. It just took us a little bit to yeah. get yeah. sift through some of that. How old was she then when you, when it was, when you said, okay, yes, you know, we believe she has autism. Um, I would say she was four. She so she actually hasn't been officially diagnosed because of because of the way COVID hit. Um, she is on a wait list through <laughs> a company, not a company, but like through a um, facility that changed hands and <laughs> then their wait list got wiped. Oh, and gosh. then now everyone's back on it. Um, oh. But when we had met when she was three, when we had met with the pediatrician, we had a hard time with she had actually coded Eliza on her file as autism spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. And that ended up serving us well, because in order to get her into some services, it had to show she had a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had been coded on her file from she had, I think, three separate pediatricians that had put that on there mm-hmm. and then had a school evaluation going into preschool. Okay. So those things kind of combined um right. there's definitely no mystery there or wonder if she's autistic but yeah. um there is a uh, psychological evaluation you end up getting that mm-hmm. kind of expands on that right. and so right. that will be honestly at first it was very discouraging to not have that but now i'm very thankful because i'm in a really good headspace to take what they give me right. and be right. able to like really absorb the information Mm -hmm. to serve Eliza better. Whereas before you hear a lot of people that say when that diagnosis first happens, it, it, you freeze and you do, Mm -hmm. you just have this like, and we definitely did, you know, when someone's telling you that, but 
there was no like, you know, during those doctor's appointments, even the the very first one where they coded it on there, she didn't say autism spectrum disorder. She didn't mm-hmm. talk to us about it. Okay. She just sort of questioned why we weren't doing certain things with her mm. wanting those developmental milestones. And right. we just kind of were like, this is a lot for us to take yeah. in. Um, but so it's yeah. funny because, you know, when you're in the middle of it, you're like, this is overwhelming. This is too much. How are we ever going to do this and care for Eliza and give her, you know, a, build this life for her. Right. And now looking back, it's like, we're here, like we're doing it. Right. We can, you know, we can yeah. really like appreciate autism and we can really see what it is that makes Eliza who she is. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, the trajectory was a little rocky, but man, yes. we've come through a <laughs> yeah. lot, you know, a long ways from it. Are you starting or currently working on a creative project, but don't know what to do next? Do you need someone to talk to? Someone who will give you feedback and tools to get your creativity back on track? This is what Gromia's story is all about. Paul and Carol Willem Roberts, your creativity cultivators, will help you start, continue, or complete creative projects, big or small. Visit www.gromiastory.com to learn how Paul and Carol can help. Now, back to Dreams and Bones. So do you think every situation's unique, clearly, but uh, is, is your experience for the timeline of finding out what you've discovered about Eliza, is that the typical parent experience or or did COVID throw such a big uh, uh, yeah. roadblock? <laughs> roadblock yeah. That... <laughs> yeah, it sounds like the um, typical experience for a diagnosis would be you would go in at the one year checkup and it would hmm. be like, oh, there's no, you know, speech development. Okay, let's kind of keep an eye on this. There's no, you know, you fill out all of these questionnaires about are they startled by loud noises? Hmm. Do they recognize their name? Is there eye contact? Some of that, you know, and then you get to year two and it's kind of the same thing. Like, okay, so are you, you this urgency of like, aren't you wondering why? And, you know, we, we just, we're sort of like, maybe she just needs more time. And, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. Thayer really mm-hmm. developed super fast. His speech came, which, you know, Thayer, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not surprising, <laughs> yeah. but he was so chatty at such a young age. And so, you know, had so much language that we were like, you know, maybe, she, maybe she's just different. If that's yeah. what we mm-hmm. were comparing, right. kids develop at such different rates. Right. Um, yeah. And so huh. it sounds like the typical pathway would be about that two year age, sometimes even okay. earlier now. Um, you start to see some of those characteristics, then they'll just sort of encourage and push through an autism um, mm-hmm. diagnosis. Because we were moving at the time, I think they were like, you know, get established somewhere else and at a different hosp- a different doctor's office and you'll, you know, you can mm-hmm. kind of go from there. So I definitely don't think we had the typical route. I think it's pretty quick where you're getting concerns and then it's like you get, you know, the, the testing done right. and you get some results back. So it definitely... Took a little bit for mm-hmm. for us, but th- that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of goes like what I say. You got to give Eliza a little bit of time. I think mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. I'm like, maybe I needed to say that to myself. <laughs> right. I just needed a little time. To... Yeah. So it worked. Yeah. 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 And I think, too, you know, I, even remembering back to, you know, knowing parents whose kids 
needed extra help in school and what a that was so hard for kids who didn't get those extra services during COVID. And and our daughter, you know, well, actually, two of our daughters at the time were special education teachers. And well, one was a parapro, Mm -hmm. I guess, at Mm -hmm. that time. And one was and it was it was just so hard, you know, and, you know, not having that instead of, um, you know, having to do everything online and not having that, you know, contact. Yeah. Yeah. So. So one of the things that I've noticed, especially I think this year, is you've really started using your social media platforms mm-hmm. as a way to, for me, looking at it, to creatively start sharing and, and kind of educating people about autism. And and what made you decide to do that? Or what made you kind of go in that route of, of helping people understand Eliza better? Um, you know, selfishly, I think I was really trying to help myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have, I, I don't have any close in-person friends that have autistic kids. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very much just kind of a way to, I think, have a creative outlet for myself sure. um, to sort of share about autism in the way that I see it, but also to make some connections with other families, other kids, just to sort of have, you know, when you have a, a typical child and you're you're raising them and you can kind of compare notes with other parents mm-hmm. and then you throw in a neurodiverse child and you're like, wait a minute, I, you know, I need... Ooh, just a minute. What was that phrase again? <laughs> neurodiverse? Yes. Oh, I like that. I, so... oh, okay. Sorry. I interrupted. <laughs> no, it's just, it's very, um, it's just, it is, it's a different experience. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we're not, the notes I'm comparing with the people that I know aren't. Um, they're just very different and and Hmm. that's all right, but it's time to sort of branch out on my, you know, for my own sake and really try to connect with people. So it was really for me wanting to share about it was just, um, you know, a creative endeavor for me. Social media makes it so easy to share information, to Hmm. create, when you look at the way the, the quick little pieces that we see, the reels, the posts, the Mm -hmm. stuff, again, we we all take in information in this quick way. We want all of the emotional wording. We want music. We want all of the excitement. Mm -hmm. And so much of that captures the essence of autism. And so it made it really, you know, it lent itself to sharing that really easily, but it also created for me a community. I've met now moms from across the country Hmm. and I have met a lot of great moms who can really you know, commiserate in the hard moments mm. and really mm-hmm. just be mm. able to see you and see the sure. situation. But also like you always have people that are willing to celebrate what so many people consider the little things, yes. you know, and it really mm-hmm. is, you know, especially with having um, a neurotypical and a neurodivergent child, you really see the difference of with Thayer, this might not be something that we would, you know, throw confetti and, mm. and, or, you know, <laughs> blast yeah. off balloons and things. But yeah. with Eliza, it's like, it really is. And, and that's great. You, mm-hmm. you see yeah. a new appreciation for those things. And it's really nice to have a community surrounding you that is, yeah. you know, familiar mm-hmm. with that. Thank you for joining us for another year of conversations with people who live creative lives. Paul, any thoughts on today's episode? Besides enjoying the moments when we got to hear from our dog, Cleo? (laughs) Well, I do want to mention how much I'm enjoying learning about the vocabulary that comes along with learning about autism. 
Clearly, Jesse wants to teach other people to understand Eliza, and it is so important to her that after the interview, she contacted us to clarify some terminology. She was aware that she had used the term neurodiverse instead of neurodivergent at one point. Eliza is a neurodivergent individual, someone whose brain function differs from societal norms, of which there are many categories. Whereas Jesse, her son Thayer, you and I are considered neurotypical. And neurodiverse is simply a group of people from both categories, right? Yes, yes. And and thanks to Jesse, I think we've got it. Well, as we bring this episode to a close, we would like to thank you for listening to this program. Would you like to see what else we do at Gromia Story? Visit www.gromiastory.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter, read our fertile ground blog posts, and find more ways to learn about living a creative life. Join us next Friday for Episode 2 of our interview with Jesse Carraway. And don't forget to subscribe to Dreams and Bones on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Just search and subscribe to any of these apps on your phone, and you will be notified each Friday when another episode of Dreams and Bones has been published. Thank you.